Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Hello, everybody. I just wanted to give a quick intro for this episode. It is very special to me. We'll talk about it at the beginning where I mentioned that I think that my relationship with my sons is just as important, but as a mom of three daughters, I just feel like there's something different about it and special, especially for me as a daughter who had struggles with her own mom. I think it's a really important relationship. And Michelle Deering, Dr. Michelle Deering is so great at speaking to the mother-daughter relationship. She has an entire book on it. She has an entire podcast on it. I'll link those in the show notes of this episode for you. So you can go listen to her podcast if you're interested. She has a really interesting approach. She doesn't talk about it 
very much, or maybe I just miss it. I feel like she should get a lot more credit for what she does. She was a sports psychologist training female athletes through college. And just in addition to being a mother of twin daughters herself, she also got a really unique insight into working with women and seeing the connection between their relationship between daughters and their mothers and how it impacted their life when it came to their sports performance, when it came to their school performance, when it came to just how they lived their life in general. It's really interesting. And she's got a lot of really good insight on it. And so if you have daughters and you're a mother, this episode is for you. If if you are a daughter, I feel like this is a good episode because you can apply a lot of what we talk about to your relationship with your own mom as a daughter, especially if you read her book. There's a lot of insight on that. If you listen to her podcast, a lot of insight on that. So it it goes multi-directional generationally. <laughs> Those are big and unnecessary words, but you can apply it to your mother, your grandmother backwards, and you can apply it to your daughters and future granddaughters. So it's an interesting conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. Michelle is very near and dear to me. Go check her out. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this show with my good friend, Dr. Michelle Deering. She is the host of the Mother Daughter Connections, and she's just an amazing woman. She does all of these things. She's a sports psychologist. She's a licensed psychologist. She's an author. She's got a podcast. She's just, she's a really great friend. She's a great role model of, for me, the kind of mom I want to be. And so in addition to being a good friend of mine, she's got a lot of really great resources for mothers with daughters and how you can support them. And I will say I have sons and I'm just as passionate about learning to support my sons and my relationship Mm. with my sons, but there is something different and specific about the mother daughter relationship for a lot of reasons that we could have a million (laughs) million right yeah so go listen to her podcast if you want to go listen to all of those millions of just dynamics of mother daughter relationships but yeah we're going to talk today about the mother daughter relationship ways that i'm hoping we can talk specifically about ways we can empower our daughters like through all stages of our lives just what that looks like what we can do and yeah, we'll start with that. Hi, Michelle. And hi, yeah, Krista. Yes. Hi, yes. <laughs> I'm Dr. Michelle Deering. Yes, I actually, the work that I do is as, a, is as a mother-daughter relationship personal trainer. So I'm pulling from the stuff that you mentioned, Krista, earlier in terms of my background as a licensed psychologist and sports psychologist. But what I really do is I educate, encourage, and equip moms with tools that are specific to whatever their needs are and strategies that are specific to whatever is going on with their daughter to help them actually make more intentional connections so that they can create conversations that are effective and communications that are effective and meaningful for their relationship going forward. So that's my heart. That's what I do in essence. Yes. Yes. You are good at it. So I've read your book. I've listened to your content, read your blogs. Mm-hmm. So this is a, it's going to be, I'm just going to jump in with the big sure. question. We can pull it apart from there. But when it comes to empowering our daughters to you, what does that even mean? What does that look like to empower our daughters? Yeah, I'm a wordsmith. 
And so one of the, it's been uh, something that I've been puzzling about for a while. And so I've come to the conclusion that empowering our daughters, and I'll, let's just look at the word empowerment. Really, it means two things. It means to give power, and it also means to take power. And, and every time we are about in this country about to celebrate Independence Day, that's when it really just comes to the forefront for me as a reminder about what it is or what I may not be doing to empower my daughters through their stages. But empowerment of a daughter, <clears throat> if you start out early on, it's really about giving her power because you as the mom are in a position of power, <laughs> to be blunt. And I, one of the things that saddens me is when I see moms, say with children who, daughters who are like elementary age or younger, where they actually give up their power and cave into things like peer pressure, societal expectations, their own mother's expectations of how they should or should not be doing things. So that's something that I think moms really need to be cognizant of, is that you can't give power unless you've fully owned and stepped into your own power. And a lot of the basis of the work that I do is to help moms steady themselves so that they can reclaim that in whatever scenario or situation they find themselves in. I love that. I was hoping that you would, and I knew that you would, <laughs> just because I know your content, uh -huh. but talk about that aspect of it. Of we really can't empower our daughters until we know what that's like for ourselves, mm -hmm. figure out how to do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because I'll link to your book so that, I, and mm -hmm. it's on Audible. So if you all yes. want to listen to it, you can listen to it. And Michelle, you, what is it called? You read it. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I narrated oh. the whole thing. Yeah. Narrated. I read the book. Yeah. <laughs> With all, and I did all the sound effects and things of that nature. So there are a whole bunch of things in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. And that was one of the biggest themes of your book that was surprising to me because I knew you mm -hmm. and I got to know you before I read your book. And so then I read your book and uh -huh. you talk about this process of learning, basically learning how to empower yourself mm -hmm. and therefore empower your daughters. And I was like, mm -hmm. I just assumed Michelle always had that. I just assumed <laughs> Michelle was gifted a really great like childhood experience, a really great mother relationship that was just always easy. And that wasn't the case. Like right. you learned how to take what you have and empower yourself within that. And I think that's key for a lot, if not most moms. I don't know. I read, maybe it was in your article that I read the statistics, something about more than half, like just over half of daughters are estranged from their mothers yes. by the time they have their first child. Yes. Which is it shocked me. What? <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it shocked me when you actually see a number, but it shocked me. It, it didn't surprise me yeah. because our moms, first of all, we as moms are first, of, first and foremost daughters. And mm -hmm. so we have to understand where things have gone awry or not met expectations and things of that nature. And it's not to say, because I've met moms, especially if they come out to where I've done a speaking engagement and stuff like that. And they'll say to me things like, oh, I so enjoyed your presentation. I have a great relationship with my mom. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Kudos, go spread the love. But then as they continue talking to me about stuff, then I start seeing the pain in their eyes about certain things. It might not be a big thing, but 
we all have it. We don't grow up perfectly. You've heard me say time and time again, the only thing we as moms do perfectly is we love our daughters imperfectly. And so coming to terms with that is going to be key. But then that whole, for me at least, with my mom, under it, it took me a while to understand, like in innately, I knew that there were things that she didn't see or didn't understand about me and wasn't giving me the space. And I remember specifically something that happened where I think I was about 12 years old and I went out to buy a pair of boots, but I specifically ended up buying boots that I bought one one pair that was one color and one pair that was another color. And I mix matched my boots on purpose because for me, that was the one way that I could take power over how I dressed back then without encountering the wrath of, what do you mean you're not dressing properly and looking neat and stuff like that. But every mom's journey with that whole taking her power is different. And that's one of the things I love coming alongside moms to see how they discover where it is their relationship with their mom might have had a hiccup or there was something that left an imprint a certain way that's not that served its purpose at one point but is not serving the purpose now that they have a daughter Mm -hmm. and they're experiencing reliving something through them and not knowing how to deal with it yes yeah happens (laughs) wow (laughs) that's me (laughs) and you have many daughters yeah yeah, and it's interesting because even with my youngest, like the different ages that they're at, like right now, mm-hmm. when we record this, my daughters are three, five, and 13. And so there's a lot of things that I see, just experiences that I had as a kid when I think back to being their age, where I'm like, mm-hmm. I remember having certain responses to certain things and being like, I don't want to, I don't want to respond in that way to my kids and not to say that I don't sometimes I still do them but yeah you get like very aware of it. <laughs> but I wanted to I, I was taking some notes I wanted yes. to talk about the concept of giving and taking power because when you said it I understood it but just to clarify it like yes. when we talk about like empowering our daughters giving and taking power it's not us giving or taking power from them it's right. us giving them power and then them getting to a place where they can take their power. Exactly. And that's where, so if we can break it down developmentally, and this is just based on Eric Erickson's stages of development, we, from zero, and I'm just going to clump some things together, from zero to, to like elementary age, no, middle school age, just mm-hmm. before middle school, that is a t- period of time where you are giving power to your daughter. You do that by allowing her to go explore or allowing her to pick up her toys or go to the bathroom, things of that nature. You're giving her power. You're instilling in her those things that you deem to be important, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, and developmentally, because at that age, they're so concrete, everything's black and white. So at some point, they end up Another part of their brain starts to develop prefrontal cortex where now they're needing to figure out, okay, I had all that stuff and still, is that something I really want to do? And do I have to do it like how mom does it or how mom said I need to do it? 
Is that really true? Because my peers are saying one thing, television saying another thing, the schoolyard saying something else. Is that so po- important? So that's the time that mom, I find that moms have even the most difficult time because they take it personally. They take it as a personal attack, a personal front to their sense of being or authority. And because they have not become power, comfortable in their power, it then becomes a power struggle. And But during that middle school to high school time is when, if you've navigated the earlier part properly, that high, pre, middle school to high school time is a time where you're now giving her space to actually take up her power by deciding for herself, this is the way I'm going to do something. This is what I will or will not listen to and things of that nature. So that's what I mean by by letting her take up her power. Yeah. And for me, that also is not accidentally or even intentionally, like taking it away from her, unless I feel like it's a decision that she's not quite able to make for herself. And that's the fine line because (laughs) you as it's and moms I work with, and I say this even on my podcast, is you are the mom, you know your daughter best in all the perfect imperfections, all right? Mm -hmm. And if you have that mother gut, it's, I don't know if she's able to handle that yet, then fine, step in. But if you're, and it necessitates a conversation between Mm -hmm. you and your daughter so that you're not flying blind and just unilaterally making these decisions, but engaging her in conversation. And I'm talking about the middle school to high school age now, engaging her in conversation to understand how is she thinking about something yeah, and then embracing it and not seeing it as an affront, but seeing it as, wow, I had no idea that you thought that way mm-hmm. and continuing the conversation. And that's, that takes work. Yeah, <laughs> It takes laying the groundwork. And I know with you and your daughter, your oldest daughter, you've been laying the groundwork all along so that you can have those conversations with her. So how's it going? So how's it going? Yes. You just saw into my, just saw into my soul. You're like, so what's going on? I'm like, my mind's going in so many ways. So Uh she is last night, actually Uh was she starts high school next year. Mm -hmm. And so last night I went to the like school orientation, whatever Mm -hmm. thing. And there were just some little things that happened throughout the night that I was like, okay, like I have to take a step back and not take her what she's doing personally. But so it started off by my husband works out of town these three days. And so the choice was we could go and I could bring the three and the five-year-olds and my Mm -hmm. daughter, right? And, or because she wanted to go, my oldest daughter wanted to go, but she didn't want to go if the little ones went. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm in a situation like this is the situation that we have right now. Mm -hmm. We can bring them. It says kids are welcome. It's just walking around the school, getting a tour of the building, like a meet and greet. It's very laid back. It's not like a formal thing. We can bring them. It's not a big deal. And my daughter was like, no, I don't want to bring them. They're loud and they're annoying and they're going to be crazy and I'm not going to be able to focus. So no, I don't want to. And I was like, okay, like me, I'm like, they're your sisters. Like they're not annoying. They're three and five, but to her, and I can think back to being a kid. Yeah. It was frustrating because I was the oldest of five as well Mm -hmm. to want to go do something for myself and have like siblings trailing along, distracting, dominating 
room because mm-hmm. they're three and five and that's what they do. And she was like, she, I could tell she was frustrated. I could tell she was disappointed because it couldn't be a thing where she could just go. And she's, she walked away. She kind of stormed away and I'm like, okay, I'll give it some space. Like she's good about advocating for herself. She left and came mm-hmm. back like 20 minutes later and she was like, I'll stay here and watch the girls and you go and you send me pictures or FaceTime me there and show me everything. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can do that. So easy. So yeah, it was like, I don't know. I think about these things and I don't want her to build resentment towards her sisters and point. She might, but also like, that's the situation that we have. We don't have family nearby. We don't have nannies or babysitters. And it's unfortunate that first of all, she also told me about this event the day before. (laughs) So, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to plan. If we had known that, yeah, you know, yeah. My, my dad can adjust his work schedule. I love this. Yes. She didn't. I yes. didn't know about it until mm-hmm. the last minute when he was already gone. So just like navigating those kinds of things yes. and um not taking it personally. And then of course, when I came home and we're like recapping, she's mm-hmm. like frustrated and high strung because she doesn't know all the details. She's like, doesn't know what to expect. She and it's stuff that's not in her control. Like registration for classes doesn't open until Friday. And she's, I'm going to have to like, think about it. I'm going to have to like tr- figure out schedule, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah, nobody knows what they're doing. It's so unorganized. <laughs> she's got so many opinions about the administration already. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It's, huh? you know, and, I'm, and then she did the storm off thing again mm-hmm. because she's so overwhelmed by figuring out her schedule and knowing mm-hmm. what classes she should take. She feels mm-hmm. like it's like a huge deal, which mm-hmm. it is. But then yes. to me, I'm like, it's your freshman classes. It's okay. <laughs> Yes. And yes. she came back. She stormed off. She came back and she was like, it's just so frustrating. I don't want to have to wait. I'm going to be thinking about it until Friday mm. when I can look at the class schedule. And I'm like, I get it. Yeah. 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 It sucks to not know. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I so appreciate you sharing that story because so many things popped out to me as you were talking. First off, I could hear a desire in her to want to focus. Mm-hmm. That was one thing. So it's almost like she wanted to be able, it wasn't that she didn't love her sisters. It was, she needs to focus. That was something that she expressed as a need, but then for her to go off and then come back with a solution in the moment, once you explain to her the conditions that mm-hmm. you're dealing with logistically, that speaks volumes to the kind of groundwork you've been laying in terms of your communication with her. Because most sometimes daughters go off and they don't come back with a, pro- with a solution. Okay. Yeah. And the thing that, that also stood out to me was how, remember I, remember I said that their prefrontal cortex, that's the planning part of your brain, is still developing. And so for her, it's just like a lot of information. And she seems like the type of young lady who needs detail in order to be able to get a handle on things as opposed to other, someone else who might be go with the flow, (laughs) okay? The fact that she was able to problem solve with you and then still express her feelings and you created that safe space for her to actually tell you, I'm frustrated. And I also suspect that there's this, there are two sides to anxiety. It's not that she's an anxiety ridden, whatever, or anxious, but she's excited. So so that's the flip side to it. So she's also excited and wanting to do well too. Yeah. Yeah. She, she that is definitely her. She loves the details. She's got like a, she's got, it's really cute to watch (laughs) this, like her stepping into her own, taking her own power, like Sundays, 
she calls them productive Sundays. She's got like a little notes list that she keeps track of everything she's got to do, like her laundry, like resetting Mm. her bedroom, like Mm. checking in with her friends, like (laughs) all of these things that she does. And then last Mm. night, it's so funny because it was Wednesday Uh and she's, can I use your bathroom? I'm doing productive Sunday things on a Wednesday. And I'm like, (laughs) girl, she is stressed. She's like trying to soothe herself. Go for it. I'm staying up late. I'm not going to bed on time doing productive Sunday things on a Wednesday. It's fine. She's like, it's February 1st. So it's fine. Okay. Do your yes. thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, she is. It's, yeah, it's funny to watch. And I'm glad that we had this episode to rec- just because like in that moment last night, I'll be completely honest and say that like her intensity mm. over, it was overwhelming me. And mm. all I was focused on really was like, don't take it personally because she's like, she's not being mean to me. Like she wasn't snapping at me. She wasn't being like, Ugh. like she didn't even say things like you're not helpful or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was just mm-hmm. like, that was her energy. Her frustrated energy yes. for me is really hard to not take personally. Mm-hmm. And so as she's, and I'm like <laughs> absorbing it, I'm like, just in my head being like, watch your body language. Yes. Like just nod your head and be like, mm-hmm. yep. Inside of my own head, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like she's attacking me. I feel like she hates me. I feel like mm. she thinks I'm not supporting her. Mm. And then once I get some space, I'm like, okay, she, there was no, there was nothing mean about it. Right. She wasn't attacking me. I was able to let her know we can figure this out. Just take some space, <laughs> but it's hard. Yeah. And I, and I love that you described what the experience for yourself in the moment, because it reminded me of some stuff that I know about you in terms of keeping the peace in your background mm-hmm. and keeping things all copacetic and whatnot and where that comes from. So the fact that you're aware of that enabled you to be in tune with your body in the moment. And that's something that we as moms really need to attend to. Folks hear me say this all the time. It's important for us as moms to pause, to consider the body of our behavior. We don't pay enough attention to our bodies. The fact that you were paying attention to your body in that moment and then accompanying it with the new script of don't take this personally. Yeah, It's just whatever. It's not me. It's stuff going on with her. How can I help her in this moment? It was excellent. Yeah. And it's hard. And I will say, I would not have known how to do this three or four years ago, but it's so easy. And I can see it just because of, I've done things like read your book and watch your content mm-hmm. and I've gone to therapy and I've done a mm-hmm. lot of exploration of, I can understand how having that feeling would make it so that I would lash out at her and be right, like, right. just trying to help you. Right. All you have to do is like, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, right? Just step. I'm on the same mm-hmm. team or whatever. Like, why are you taking this out on me? And she wasn't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> because you've been giving her the space to do that from when she was younger. Even yeah. even in your own person, during your own seasons of personal exploration, you were still giving her the space to be able to express that stuff to you and feel safe enough to feel those things. I think sometimes there, there are pockets of moms I work with who in their, and I'm just using the word estrangement with their moms, it's because they have to put up those boundaries and cut those ties for whatever season because they haven't felt safe. Their mom hasn't been able to give them that space, safe space to actually feel in the yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say there are like, that's like in the grand scheme of things, kind of a very 
I think benign situation, like surface level situation, but it has a lot of potential to do some good foundational work. And I will also share just that like social media, I think every parent struggles with this Yes. of the line between empowering your kids with social media, phones, technology, and disempowering them. With <laughs> it. So I don't think there is much, I don't know if I want to go on like super details of it, but that is a big conversation around here. Yeah. And one of the things that we've been really adamant about, like through middle school is not letting them have Snapchat, not letting them have TikTok. And my kids don't like it, but I did. And we've always told them why to us, the risks mm -hmm. outweigh the benefits. And there are benefits of learning to communicate with your peers in other ways. Yes. Call them, FaceTime them, text them. And my daughter after school every day now FaceTimes with her friends instead of doing what the rest of the kids are doing with Snapchat, <laughs> just because right. I've done so much. I'm pretty close with the Bark technology company mm -hmm. and I see like the dark side of it. And to me, that's just a boundary with my kids that I don't feel like they are ready mm -hmm. or I don't feel like their brains are ready to handle social media. Adults can right. hardly handle it. So <laughs> adults can hardly handle it. It just right. opens up this huge wide web of like things that they're not, I don't, for me, that's just something that we have decided as parents, we're not going to do yet, but, mm -hmm. and it's been a weird balance of empowering them and giving them access to some things and trying not to disempower them. But I know there's been conversations where she will tell me I'm old enough to do this respectfully, mom, I'm old enough <laughs> to have this. Everybody else has it. And I'm like, respectfully, <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I don't think you do. And it's not, and I don't know. I've just, I've always tried to let them know it's not because we don't trust you. It's not because we want to control you. It's because we don't trust Snapchat and we don't trust everybody else that has right. access to you on Snapchat because that's essentially what you're doing. So anyway. No, I'm, I, no, I'm glad you brought that up. And the part that jumps out to me is the whole thing of, I don't see empowerment as just empower empowering their behavior or their expression i think first and foremost that the empowerment needs to be in their thinking and knowing how to take in information discern it and then make decisions based on information and i don't know this is just my opinion but i think as a human race, <clears throat> we've it's not that we've evolved, but I think in certain respects, learning how to have discourse, dialogue, and be able to rationally talk about, okay, this is what I think, mm -hmm. and this is why I think it. These are the sources from whence I've gotten my information, and this is how I've distilled it down for myself to understand it. What do you think? And then the other person being a, that whole skill is like few and far between. And I think that most of the empowerment needs to be about not just, okay, how are you going to manage social media? This phone is in your hand. These images are going by you. These tweets are coming for you. How are you going to decide what you look at, what you don't look at, what you read, what you don't read, how you read, 
and distill down. Those skills, I think we as moms need to take back up our power <laughs> to get informed, to get resources, to inform ourselves, to not see it as something that's unmanageable for ourselves so that we can then instruct our daughters on, okay, there's some, here's some scientific facts here. Here's some data here. These are some things here. Let's look together and see how, what you think. Let's hop on <clears throat> whatever. Th that was a conversation that I have twin daughters. And when they were in elementary school, knowing that they were going to have to take a bus in New Jersey <laughs> for middle school, it, the conversation came up about phones and the technology back then was a little bit <clears throat> not as sophisticated as it is now, but still it was okay. Let's now have a conversation with phones, not as a, a one and done sit down conversation, but an ongoing phones are like cars. You need to take responsibility with the phone the same way you do with the car. So here are some things we're going to be looking for. How are you doing your chores? Are you forgetting? Are you cognizant of time? Because in my mind, the goal is when you have your phone and I ask you to call me when you've gotten to a certain destination, just because I care about you and want to know that you're safe, are you going to be able to be cognizant of time? You see what I'm saying? So it's about training those things that you deem important in terms of their thinking and anal analytical skills. Yes, I agree with that. And here, if you're listening on the podcast, we've got a little three-year-old running in with a something right i don't know what i love it She's i love it now. yes <laughs> it always happens it is that's fine yeah yes yes okay so this yeah I, it's a good conversation and it brings me to the last thing that i wanted to talk about that mm -hmm. is i don't know i'm interested to hear what you think about it talking about like estrangement we started off the conversation talking about like that statistic of more than half of moms are estranged from their daughters when they have their first child and I that is me that's me and has been me since for at this point more than half my life <clears throat> so I based on this conversation what I've realized is that was me my first really decision I made to take my own power was that like I've had been trying to within my relationship at home and with my mom and it wasn't possible because it was always a it was always taken from me and I that the only way that I could see that I could stand on my own two feet essentially mm. was to estrange myself I don't know the word for it but to cut the ties with that mm. and it's weird because I intuitively knew that I didn't have the words to articulate it. But like when I left home at 16, mm. I knew that was the only way I would ever be able to live the life that I wanted to live. Mm. And that in hindsight is that's what empowerment is, right? Like I took it because that's what I needed to do. And my reason for sharing this is that I don't want my daughters to feel like the only way that they can take their own power is by me not being in the picture mm. <laughs> like that. I don't want that. Um, but I do think there is like some nuances with that. Just because you estrange, you are estranged doesn't mean that it's going to be forever. And sometimes that's what you've got to do to recalibrate the power dynamic between mm -hmm. you. I don't know. I'm interested in your thoughts and experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things I could say about that. It's a big thing. <laughs> it's a big thing. And my heart 
like really aches for moms who are experiencing that with their own mother, which is why, and I know you are familiar with the work I'm doing with the estrangement project and three other colleagues. That was what brought us together because we knew that there are moms who are either thinking in a place where it's pre-contemplative, where they're thinking about, gee, I got to do something different. I don't know how to those who are have just made the decision, I'm cutting off ties with my mom because I just need to get my bearings here, to those who have been in it for a long time and saddled with all this guilt and questioning of themselves. Let me just back up. The whole estrangement is really a term that I see as meaning deep down inside you as a woman, as a mom, as a daughter, feel something, have been experiencing something that is not promoting health and well-being for yourself. And it's not to fault. I'm not pointing at your mom or laying blame at your mom. She's just who she is. But in the moment and in those moments, you have not been able to just breathe or be healthy. And a lot of times moms think that it's, and I'm just going to say daughters, just know at this point, I'm talking about adult moms who are adult daughters. Okay. okay. Moms who are adult daughters. Right. There you go. Moms um, who are adult daughters. Okay. Okay. So, you know, at, there's at something that is, is there's, a, I just lost my train of thought, but the thing I'm trying to say is there's a process where society would say you're being selfish, you're being mean, you're a bad daughter for for not wanting to be around, interact with, or stay connected to your mom. And my position is then you don't understand the struggle. Yeah. And that the healthiest thing you can do the same way when you're in an airplane and it says, look, oxygen has gone out. Your life is about is being in danger. The first thing, even if you have your kid next to you, is to put on your own oxygen mask first. And that, in essence, is what you're doing. You're creating a new safe space by establishing some new boundaries to be able to breathe. Yeah. Breathe life into yourself so that you can be present for the family that you have, which is what your main responsibility is now as an adult daughter who is a mother. Yeah. And that is the greatest gift you can give. And I put that in quotations, but it's big cushy quotations. That is the biggest gift you can give your mom is to just be about yourself and what you need to do to maintain your health and well-being. Everybody's journey through that pre- into and post estrangement period. And so for some moms, it's there's never a post estrangement for whatever reason, but every mom's mom's experience is, is different. Their journey is different, but there's some common themes and it's going to be so important for you to get community around that. And that's why myself and my three other colleagues have started the estrangement project, which I'm really glad about and yeah. hope that folks will partake of the resources there as well as, and that's why I love the work that you do, Krista, because it's not just about decluttering. It's yeah. about community mm-hmm. and the things that you embody, I think, the kind of community that you wish to have with yourself and your family, and you've just expanded into these thousands of moms who partake of it and feel safe enough to 
express where they are and what they need. And that's very healing for them and very important. Because yeah. we've talked before about how decluttering is not just a physical thing, but it's also <laughs> a metaphorical thing for <laughs> decluttering and taking care of what's going on inside of you. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> yeah, one of the things that I say is that decluttering is a form of self-advocacy and it's a mm. form of learning how to create and maintain and uphold boundaries. And it trickles into all of the other areas of your life, specifically with mother-daughter relationships, which is the last thing that I wanted to touch on. Uh-huh. And I hope that it encur- like it, this inc- whole episode encourages you to go check out your podcast, first of all, and the estrangement project. Yes, yes. I'll get the links for that. And I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified like you are or the other women who you're working mm-hmm. with to mm-hmm. talk about like estrangement strategies or whatever. I can just speak from my own experience. And that is that I don't, like I said, I, I could intuitively tell that's what I needed to do because I could see that my own mom didn't have her own power. Right. She just didn't. She still doesn't. And that's okay. But yeah, like you said, it's not, I'm not helping myself and I'm not helping her by continuing to be the source of her power because it's just siphoned from me. It's just like you said, like not being able to breathe because it is so siphoned and like, it's truly suffocating when somebody you're with somebody or around somebody living with somebody engaged with somebody who relies on you to do that. And I think about things like if I had stayed with her, maintained the relationship with her. Even if I didn't have kids, if I didn't have my own kids, it might've been doable for me because I didn't have to pour into my own kids. I could have maybe just been like, oh, it's fine. I can manage my life and her, right? But that wouldn't have been doing her any service anyway, because what if something happens to me? All of a sudden she's got nothing. Exactly. And yeah, I like that you mentioned that like, that's actually beneficial for both of you to be able to stand on your own two feet. And yeah, I think a lot of times moms become estranged from their own moms because when you do have your own kids, if you're not able to pull from your own power without it being siphoned or taken from you, you can't do that with your own daughters. And so I'm not advocating or I'm not saying cut off your relationship. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that boundaries are good. And sometimes if the boundaries aren't able to be established and upheld, like in my situation, yeah, just cutting it off can be the right decision. And for me, it's been like a process of in that moment, I knew it was the right decision. Great. Yes. This feels so much better. Yes. And then I did it before I had kids and then I had kids and that validated it of yes. Okay. This was definitely the right decision. I can't imagine having that dynamic and having my own kids. But then as time goes on, you wonder things like that because you do hear things from people. Mm -hmm. You're selfish. You should just (laughs) care more. You should have just tried it. Like it's not her fault. It's not there. And then you do wobble with it and be like, Mm -hmm. you know, what if, or then you're like, what if she dies? And I don't ever, we don't ever fix it. And it's, it's essentially a grieving process. Yes. Yes. But for me still empower, I think it's one of the reasons I've been able to stay empowered with my own daughters. And I've got mm-hmm. weird things. Like all of my daughters were born on new moons. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, wow. I feel like, yeah. Cause I can see my mom had her own dynamics and she hasn't yeah. figured it out. And I did, I think I, I tried like five years ago and it was like instantly the same conversation, the same. It was like, Hey, mm-hmm. I think I reached out and was like, do you ever want to talk about this? I've had these things that really didn't work for me that were really 
dangerous and hurtful for me. I don't know if anything's changed. It's been a decade. I just wanted to see if anything had changed on your end. And uh-huh. it was like, no, same. Oh. Exact <laughs> like, okay. Okay. It's not going to work for me. I can't right. do that. I can't engage with that. So yeah, I guess my point is that estrangement doesn't have to be forever. It can be like a recalibration of Correct. boundaries and setting them. And maybe that doesn't work. You don't have to sacrifice your stuff <laughs> for that. I don't know. Yeah. One of one of the ways I actually, someone was saying to me recently that they felt that they were being selfish. Selfish assumes that you have a self to fish with, but that it's more about self-focus to yeah. really stay in tune with what is it that you honestly feel you need Yeah, and be honest about that because your needs matter. There's this other myth that's out there. It's, yeah, you're only a good mom if you just give and just give. Last time I checked, we all are finite, have limitations, but and that's okay. That's why there's community. That's why there are resources to be of help to you. And that it's not the best leaders are those that know what they don't know mm-hmm. and that can seek out where they can get the things that they need. But your needs matter. in in all this yes I like this conversation too about the giving and the taking power because it feels like I don't want to say this in like the wrong way but it feels like there's an end in sight almost of like when my daughters are younger there's a an imbalance of what I'm giving to them giving Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the goal of making it so they can get to a point where they can take it for themselves yes without me feeling like it's personal without me feeling like I'm losing something, which I think is the biggest difference that I can feel between like my mom and I and my daughter and I, and mm-hmm. I hope that my daughter feels like, we'll see how, what happens, but I hope <laughs> my daughter feels the same way. And I hope that I'm on the right track with this, but I could tell like when I was growing up, once I started to take my own power, it was a problem and it didn't work. And that's why it doesn't work. And that's a very simplified explanation of it. But like with my own daughter, Mm -hmm. I can feel her starting to take her own things and it feels good for me too. Like it feels good for her. Yes. Obviously she's high strung (laughs) figuring it all out. So it doesn't feel perfect for her, but for me, it feels good to me to be like, awesome. Like we can both exist. <laughs> yes. And you have that foundation of communication, which is so key. And that, and that's what I focus on with moms to actually figure out what their what tools they have. What have they been using? If you've been using a hammer <laughs> instead of a screwdriver to address something and you know what a screwdriver is, but you don't have experience with it, then we train you in that. But yeah, the fact that you and your daughter are still able to communicate is what is the foundation that you've been setting and making it feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. That this conversation was clarifying for me because I'm like, (laughs) ah, it's so exhausting to be a mom sometimes, especially when you have little ones. Oh gosh. Yes. It feels so much like moms have to give, but there is a tipping point to where you still give. Right. Yeah. That's not what you have to do forever. (laughs) That's correct. And actually not just, not to do forever, but whatever giving you do, it's going to be in a different way yes. when you do it. And yeah. it's going to be a way that's complementary to the developmental stage that you're in at that time and what she's in at that time. And I can t- totally hear you on the 
mom of daughters being a lot. We have twins and everyone mm-hmm. is, oh, it just must be so nice to have twins. I love my girls, my young women. Sorry, they're not girls anymore. They're young women, adult women. But the whole thing with twins is just when I would think I'd get in a rhythm with one and then I'd realize that's right, they are different people. <laughs> I have to make the adjustment with the other one, even though they're the same age, they're different. Even though they looked alike at some point, they're different. <laughs> yeah. 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 I hear you. Well, this is a really good conversation. Thank you, Michelle, for oh. this. I love getting to talk to you, especially when we do episodes together. By the way, everybody, this is, <laughs> I have another episode that I'll link that you can go listen to that we did a couple of years ago. Yeah. But yeah, this is, I hope it was helpful for everybody listening in. Go check out Michelle's resources, her podcast. The estrangement project that I will link in the description here or in the show notes, whatever they're called. Um, (laughs) And yeah, go find some support for yourself and yeah, go check it out. Your book is called Mother Daughter. Nope. It's called What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters is the name of my book. That's okay. That's fine. And the podcast is Mother Daughter Connections on Instagram and all that stuff. But really become part of my email community because I do a lot of communications, tips and thoughts, and I respond to every single email personally. So folks write to me and I respond and we have conversations that way. So I'm here for you. Yes. Go check it out. Go join. And we will talk to you all soon. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, Head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the motherhood simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.